Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing that we can promise is that our conversation will be less than fascinating so that you can feel free to just drift off. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. We hope you will listen and sleep. Joining me today is a very good friend of mine and uh, someone I've collaborated with on some projects. And someone I just enjoy seeing. Welcome, Melissa D'Agostino, to the show. Thank you. To the podcast. I sometimes say show. I don't know why. That's a show. Fair. It can be. Sure. You can follow Melissa at Melissa Dags for both Twitter and Instagram. And MelissaD'Agostino.net. And see all the work that you've done. You're a writer. You're a director. You're a producer. An award-winning uh, actor, producer, mm-hmm. yeah, um, writer, cabaretist. Cabaret? Oh, I like it as a verb. Yeah, I'm trying That's to think. Great. There's so, so many things under your belt. A singer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Melissa. When you know someone, you not that you forget these things, but you take them for granted. Mm-hmm. And it's when I'm in front of the microphone and I'm trying to, like, you know, talk the person and, and sort of express their cr- credentials that it comes back to you and you're like, that's a lot. That's true. It's very true. Congratulations. That's great. Thank you. I appreciate that. I want to talk to you about one of your loves, which is Hawaii. Yes. We spoke to your husband, Matt, about Hawaii, and I was like, I want to talk to Melissa about Hawaii. What is it about Hawaii that brought you there? That brought me there? Was it a cheap flight or was it, you know? (laughs) Well, funnily enough, we were supposed to go to Thailand on our honeymoon. And then um, we, there was civil unrest in Thailand. Okay. So we weren't able, well, we were worried about going. So when I was a kid, all of the game shows that I watched always had vacation packages in Waikiki. And so when I was a kid, I always dreamt of going away to Hawaii because it sounded so luxurious. And whenever they had that as the prize, it mm-hmm. was always like the spokes models or whatever were always dressed in Hawaii. Like, it always looked exciting. It did. You know, versus a trip to the Rockies yeah. where it's a person in a snowsuit. <laughs> yeah, it was it always looked so glamorous and luxurious sure. and, um, and exotic uh, to, you know, me as a little kid living in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I always 
thought and it always seemed like such a romantic getaway. Hawaii felt like such a romantic getaway so when we weren't going to go to Thailand anymore we thought what about Hawaii? So it was just really circumstance sure. that led us there. Um, but the thing that keeps me going back and that I fell in love with is how magical it is. It's really unlike any other place I've been. What makes it magical for you? Well, I think you can't escape the connection to nature okay. there. Um, it's volcanoes and luscious forests and the beach and the ocean um, because it's islands, you know, and a lot of the islands aren't that large. Sure. So there's just ocean all around you. And people there are so connected to nature and the land. Wow. You can't not be because it has such an impact. Sure. Um, sometimes not the best impact. They have a thing there called Vogue, which yes. is like fog, but it's the vol- the air from the volcano. Sure. And that can be rough, like on your <laughs> on your sinuses. Right. But it you don't really care. I mean, maybe if you live there. Fair. It might care. be a different story. But when you're vacationing there, you will put up with it because it's everywhere you look is like a postcard. Right. Yeah. And so it's like delicious for your eyes mm. as well. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I've never, I've never been somewhere where I was so blown away. Really. By everything: sunrise, sunset, by the beach, by the forest. We went hiking. Um, by the canyon. Tell me about the forest, because that's not something I think of when I think of Hawaii. I think of the beach, I mm-hmm. think of volcanoes, I think of hiking, uh, but I don't think forest. Well, this last time we went, we went to Kauai, which is the Garden Isle, and it's very lush. Mm-hmm. And before we got there, it rained a lot. Okay. So we were lucky. Right. <laughs> we you know went and, and got to experience such greenery and and you know when we were driving to one of our hikes of um the sleeping giant mountain of which there are three hiking trails okay um it was like i it felt like i was watching a movie that takes place in africa like there were certain trees and some of the vegetation just felt like not like what i was expecting like something prehistoric or something like for example when i was in uh Vancouver, I mm. saw these giant ferns, and mm. I'd never seen giant ferns before. I've seen ferns that the people have in their homes, right? But I saw these really large ferns, which I consider to be giant ferns. They're probably not giant ferns, but and it reminded me of a prehistoric jungle when I saw them. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. I had a similar feeling in oh, Whistler yeah. when we were in Whistler, and just the the size and the and also the amount of of ferns you sure. see. Sure. Yeah. Pardon me, and evergreens. But in Hawaii, yeah, there's something about it that you feel like you're in the Sahara almost, or like, okay. well, not because some of it is very sort of like a desert, and then then there are other areas where you feel like you're in a jungle. Almost. Wow, it it's and I if, I don't remember the name of the tree, but there's one particular tree mm-hmm. that I was just always blown away by, and and um, and then yeah, it's, we hiked the first day we hiked, it was so beautiful and and every so often you would arrive at an offering where people had taken um flowers like plumeria flowers and other things and and laid an offering out right and i'm not a very 
religious person at right. all, like organized religion and I parted ways a while ago. Sure. But there is something about the spirituality, the connection to um, to the land and sort of whatever that feeling of, of like connectedness is to me feels very spiritual. Right. Um, and to say also in that, that this time around, I was really mindful of the fact that I was a, you know, a white European settler in Canada traveling or the descendants of that traveling to a place where there's a real indigenous culture. And I feel like I was very mindful of whose land am I on Fair, and what does it mean to, to, to have the privilege to take in this beauty mm-hmm. um, and what does it mean for indigenous peoples there who you know m- maybe feel oppressed or overcome by the colonization sure. of America and also um, even the like inundation of tourists exactly yeah you know it's kind of like it becomes a swarm mm-hmm. upon not only your land and the places around you and the beauty that you see, but even just your your everyday sort of I don't know what the word is, but just your being. Like, you know, to be to, to constantly see people come coming and trapezing all over the place. Yeah, I mean we, we went to a rum tasting on an old plantation that's been turned into like a visitor center sure. called Gaylord's Plantation. Um, and the woman running the rum tasting was you know, Kauai, born and raised her family. She's, you know, Polynesian and right. or some form of indigenous from that area. Sure. And I, as we were in this tasting, I th- I took a second and I thought, well, what is it like for her to just have all of these, you know, and we're not wealthy. Right. In, the, in comparison to the other people in that tasting. So okay. the people we were in the tasting with um, had a lot more income than we do. Sure. Um, but... Still, I mean, we are wealthy compared to other people. Of and, course, you know, yeah. how, The relativity of all sure. of that. But I thought, like, what's it like to have all these white people come in right. and out of this establishment all the time and drink this rum and be on this, like, former plantation, sugar plantation? And, and it's just, like, it's a complicated thing, I think, with travel. Right. In the appreciation of the majesty and magical nature of that island and the beauty of it and to also at the same time keep in mind that there's a history of colonization and a history of problematic behavior that leads to me being able to go and enjoy a vacation in that beautiful place um so i'm i'm actually even more and more aware of that in my everyday life like even in Canada when when I go to High Park and we go for a walk I think it's interesting because I'm so lucky I get to do this but whose land is this right. you know it's like the Mississauga New Credit Anishinaabe Haudenosaunee like whoever those tribes are right. it's their land sure and I just don't know that we appreciate appre- it yeah you know, I mean or give it the respect that it deserves I I often feel that way especially in our in our country that we don't do that mm-hmm. nearly enough yeah. yeah. I, I don't think so either. Uh, so going to Hawaii for me is, I try really hard while I'm there to n- learn as much as I can about, mm-hmm. you know,
know, the history of the island that I'm on, mm-hmm. but also to be as respectful as I can of the the environment sure. and the people. Um, that said, I haven't spoken to a lot of people about this there, right. so I can't say what their experience is. I could Fair. never speak for them. Fair enough. And maybe they... I'm sure some of them feel one way about it and some of them feel a whole other way, right? As As is true for any group of people. Fair enough. Yeah. But... Yeah. You introduced me to poke. Is that mm-hmm. how you say it? Yeah, that's how you say it. Did you discover it when you were in Hawaii or did you have it here? Because now I see these places popping up everywhere. But prior to that, I had never heard of it and you had told me about it. Yeah, we, well, funnily enough, we had it for lunch today. Oh. Because I saw on Instagram, I saw this one place in Toronto that just opened up that I've never been to. Sure. Uh, post a picture of poke and I was like, okay. How can we not? We have to go. Right. Um, we had it for the first time there uh so our first time having it was in, on maui and we had it I think. we should explain what it is for so anyone po- okay yeah. Right, yeah thank you i will poke is um it's sort of like the ceviche i've i'd say it. it's the ceviche of hawaii so okay. it's like usually tuna sometimes mm. salmon and it's raw fish chopped up and then marinated the sort of basic marinade is um like soy sauce and sesame oil, sesame seeds. Um, it's usually served on a bed of rice and sometimes with some seaweed salad. Okay. And then there's other types. So you can, then they, sometimes they put mayonnaise in it. So they have a spicy one or, and sometimes they use salmon. Sometimes they use albacore tuna. Sometimes mm. they use ahi tuna. It's the most delicious thing. I I just can't get enough. We ate so much of it on our first trip there. I was starting to get worried about the mercury. Sure, sure. <laughs> a little worried. But now in Toronto, it's quite popular. Yeah, I see it everywhere. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, when did I learn? I learned about this through Matt and Melissa, and now I see it everywhere. And now I feel like almost an expert when I go to it. Oh, great. Because yeah. of, you know, your information on it. Yeah, it's really delicious. Uh, um, I find. I mean, you have to like raw fish, sure. and you have to like those flavors. Yeah. Um, but we went to North Poke today, which is in Kensington Market, and it was. If I can plug it. There you go. Of course, you, you just <laughs> it was, did. I just. Did. It was delicious. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It was. We had three different types. Is it different here than the one that you got there? Is it? Do you find any differences? Well, I mean. The fish is a little bit different because the fish you get there is, I mean, maybe this, and maybe this isn't true. Maybe sure. it's just because I'm on an island. Right. But the fish feels better. Okay. Because. You see ocean around yeah. you. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. You're I like, get that. Yeah. It's, that's the thing. The thing. I, I wonder if cheese tastes better when you see cows around you. I wonder. You should experiment You know, if you're in that. Switzerland yeah. on a chalet and, and you in front cheese. of you, you just see a bunch of cows and they bring you a plate of fondue. Yeah. I bet it tastes better. Probably. Yeah. It's probably sad for that cow, but oh well. Well. I mean, it's better. Milk, it's better though. than like it eating a like steak eating and steak. watching that yeah, cow. Or a hamburger. Yeah. Right. It's true. That's yeah. true. Um, we went to one place in Toronto where it was different because they didn't marinate it. Oh, I see. They prepared it in the moment. So they like would take some of the fish, um, put it in a bowl, and then they would put the sauces on top of that, which I, just because of my experience of eating it mm-hmm. in Hawaii where it's marinated, 
I wasn't as big a fan of. Fair. But uh, at North Poke, they they marinated, and it was it was very similar. It was, yeah, because there was a place there's a place on the Big Island in Hawaii called Da Poke Shack, which just has like twelve different types of poke, and you just you know you pick which ones you want. Amazing. Um, and North Poke is similar to that. Okay. Um, I do miss the Hawaii Mac salad. So there's a thing called Hawaii Mac salad. Max as in maximum? Like... Mac as in M-A-C. Okay. As in macaroni. Okay. So it's a dream Yum. for me because I like carbohydrates and mayonnaise. Who so doesn't? Exactly. Come on. So it's not a dream for your arteries. Fair. Probably. <laughs> but it's potatoes, macaroni, peas, carrot, um, pickle usually or something like vinegary. Sure. And then mayonnaise and then like prepared like a like a potato salad okay. but it ha- also has macaroni yeah it's like both together sure so often when you get poke at like the poke shack you get the rice the poke some seaweed salad if you want and then you can get potato mac salad and yeah i miss that sure like nobody really has potato mac salad here uh i haven't had it and i miss it <laughs> yeah, i've made it before oh man it's really good yeah but the food in Hawaii is really interesting. Now, when you were there, did you get a chance to go to a luau? We did not go to okay. a luau. And the reason why we didn't go to a luau is because we felt that they were all... The only ones we really had access to were on Maui. Okay. Um, on our At our resort. Because we stayed, stayed a couple of days at like a, a resort hotel-ish. Sure. But they all felt very commercial. Okay. And I didn't feel good... I didn't want to have a sort of touristy experience. Right. Um, what we have done there, which I thought was more authentic, was when we were on Kauai, we went to this market. Um, it's like a mall, basically, sure. like a strip mall. But they we went there to have lunch one day, and we had this amazing. I think they were called puka dogs. They were incredible. They were like sausages, right? With like these amazing mustards that were like mustard and passion and passion fruit or mustard and um like guava and mango and like they put it with the sausage so it's It's like a topping so wait it's a sausage Mm -hmm. and then they put mustard and something sweet with it the mustards are made with like mango or guava so wouldn't that be more like a chutney but it's not it's not thick like a chutney. It's okay. not like a relish. See, this is why I love talking because you you get why I'm asking this, right? Yes, <clears throat> I do. Yeah, no, I do. It's it's yeah. like a it's a it's a it's a mustard, but it's flavored. Oh, this sounds great. Oh my god, it was one of the best hot dogs ever. So we were eating that, and while you're eating, wait, it, is it a hot dog or a sausage? It's a sausage. Okay, but they call it a puka dog. Okay, but it's a sausage. But it's a sausage. Okay. Does they have veggie ones, and then they have like the regular sort of pork? Amazing sausage. And they put it in a bun, which I haven't seen this since I was a kid. My dad used to work, used to have a salon at um, South Common Mall in Mississauga. And there used to be a hot dog place there. What was the name of his salon? Uh, Hair Collection. Fantastic. My dad has an accent, so he would answer the phone and say, Hair Collection, which we still, (laughs) my sister and I still say. Amazing. But there was a hot dog place there. And I don't remember what the name of it was, but they used to, I remember being a kid in the food court, and they would take a bun, a Mm -hmm. hot dog bun, and they would put it on like a spike that was standing up to make a hole in it. Oh. So that then they could put the dog yes. in the bun. Yes. This is how the puka dogs are. Amazing. They stick the sausage in the bun. That's the way the, the Lord meant it to be, exactly. if you ask me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes it kind of tricky with the sauce. Because sure. the sauce kind of like 
right. oozes out. Right. It's kind of, yeah, because it's it's not held in place <laughs> yeah. on a on it's a like, horizontal. You can eat it yeah. on the vertical, right? Yeah. Oh. yeah, it was really good. But while we were eating that, there was a local musician playing um, ukulele and singing, mm-hmm. and then women dancing. Oh my goodness. Um, traditional Polynesian dance. And that was amazing to watch. Mm. And similarly, we went to, um, there's a, a town on Kauai called Hanapepe, which is an old um, plantation town when there, when sugar cane used to be right. a big market there, mm-hmm. a big export. And now it's sort of a ghost town. A lot of movies have been filmed there. Okay. There's a suspension bridge nearby uh, from Indiana Jones. It's like a big movie town. Sure. But it's also a bit of a ghost town. Like, you, if you, we went during the day, and not very much was happening. There's, like, some photography studios, some artist studios, uh, a wonderful little shop where you can buy vintage maps and vintage artifacts. But uh, the woman who runs this store said to us, come back on Friday to art night. And so we did. And the town comes alive during art night. There's food trucks and live music and all these people come and we had this amazing huli huli chicken which is like barbecued chicken in these different spices and we sat in front of these two amazing musicians who played traditional Mm -hmm. hawaiian music and contemporary hawaiian music um and i feel like those experiences for me made more sense and were more interesting than a luau. Well, it sounds like it. Yeah. Art, so it's called Art Night? Mm-hmm. And you just show up? Is there? Do you have to pay to... No. Oh, that's you wonderful. You don't pay, and everything is... I mean, you pay for whatever food you sure. want to eat. But, um, and it's not... The thing about Hawaii is, like, Maui is pricier because it's so touristy. Sure. The Big Island, not so much, and then Kauai, not so much. Okay. Because um, there's a lot more... I mean, we ate locally. Like, we didn't really seek out a lot of luxury experiences. Right. For us, it was more about local food. Uh, and we ate so well. Amazing. Um, all kinds of different things. We went to this place called Mermaid Cafe in um, Kapa'a and another place called Bubba Bur- Bubba's Burgers where apparently Robert Downey Jr. ate every night of his Tropic Thunder shoot. Well, there Just you like, go. like an article in the mm-hmm. restaurant. And uh, we had these amazing noodles once for breakfast. We went to this place called Simon. I love that you remember all these places. I do. But that's so great. Food, I really remember. <laughs> I love food. I think that's part the, one of the beauties of traveling. Like everybody, oftentimes I'll see people taking photos of of a famous site or something, and it's like, are you really enjoying it, mm, or are I you know. just taking the photos so you can say you were there? Photos are so tricky. I find. I find social media and photos like Instagram really tricky because on the one hand, mm-hmm. I'm really, some of the photos I took there are be- wonderful and beautiful and you want to capture, like the sunrises, of course. you just want to capture it. But on the other hand, I do feel sometimes I'm more concerned with taking a photograph of the moment and showing everybody that photograph right. than I am actually just being in the moment. And that's how I feel about some people with food. Mm-hmm. That they go to a place and they want to have the experience of the food that they heard was A, so great, or was, let's say, famous in that spot. Mm-hmm. And they're so, you know, consumed by that that they don't enjoy the actual item they're eating. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I've got to have the 
Singapore sling because I'm here at the whatever hotel it is in Singapore and you know, I got to gulp it down and whatnot versus like, mm, you know what, why don't I just go anywhere, have a Singapore sling here in Singapore and just read a paper or do something and just enjoy it like that. Yeah, no, I agree. Mm-hmm. And I think too with food, it's like the food arrives and I don't know, I'm maybe it's because I'm an old school, you know, I grew up really appreciating food, being sure. Italian and I feel like you get the food and instead of taking a moment to be with the food and like appreciate what it looks like and how it smells and then eat it while it's hot, you're worried about the angle of the photo and the light on the, you know, it, it, it's, um, it betrays the experience. It mars the experience. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. Well, I know you would because you're a well, purist you as well. And, and, you know, it's interesting because I, I can oftentimes when I'm with Melissa in a social setting, I can say something that might seem obscure to everyone else. And she just gets it in particular <laughs> when it comes to food. Yeah. What would be the takeaways you took from each island that stays with you? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a second to think about that because yeah. it's kind of one of those questions that, you know, someone poses to you and, and you want to give an immediate response to. But sometimes you're like, you know, it, it takes me a minute. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you ask a question like that, I always like to follow up or whatnot. So I'll just give you a moment with that okay. and say, I'm really excited because I want to go to Hawaii. And we had a trip booked. And then for some reason or another, we had to cancel it. But that just means... We will be going there. And I've already consulted you on this twice, actually, for two different islands. So I'm going to just say thank you for that. Oh, my So pleasure. what is your takeaway? Um, so I would say that Maui um, – well, actually, let me, go, let me work backward. Sure. So Kauai, for me, my takeaway is um, groundedness and the sun – like the oh. power of the sun. There's like a, a connection to the sun because I've never seen sunrises and sunsets wow. like that. So it made me feel like it made me understand a kind of it gave me a sense of what really matters. Okay. It gave me a sense of the of the macro of life. Cool. If that makes sense. The big island, um <laughs> the big island is earthy and fire. Like you, when you see the volcano and you see the active volcano, mm-hmm. it's just there's um there's a depth to the Big Island. I think people really underestimate the Big Island. Oh. People go to Kauai to surf, and because it's the Garden Isle, sure. people go to Maui because of the beaches right. and the tourism. The Big Island is amazing. Wow. Um, and really earthy and deep. Cool. So. Um, that's what I, I don't know. These were just feelings, I No, guess. that's awesome. I was expecting, you know, flip-flops at this place. And, <laughs> oh, and, do you want? I no, no, no. I want, I want you to give me whatever, whatever it is to you. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I feel like the, the big island is like the gut okay. of Hawaii and, um, and Kauai is the like soul of Hawaii. Oh, cool. And then Maui is like the, uh, the fun of Hawaii. Like mm-hmm. Maui for me, my takeaways are like. The, the colors. Like, mm-hmm. it's a vibrant place. Sure. It's touristy, yep. but it's gorgeous. Right. Like, if you want a beach, you like, it's a beautiful place to go and be on a beach. Cool. And, uh, and H- Hannah, which is this, like, 
breathtaking area that's really not Don't they say developed. the road to Han or something? like what? So here's my tip about the road to Han. Thank you. If you're adventurous. Yes. Because we fell into, we went to see the sunrise on the top of Haleakala, which is mm. like the highest mountain on Maui, and um, which is breathtaking. And if you're on Maui, I really suggest going up to watch the sunrise. What if you have um, issues with height? Heights. Well, then maybe don't. Just deal with it. Okay. <laughs> or don't go. Okay. It's fine. You'll still see a beautiful sunrise. All right. um, but yeah, the altitude is, is a thing. Is there? Okay. Um, but um, we, because we did that, we started our day a little bit later in terms of getting on the road to Hannah. Mm-hmm. So we went to a local place in Lahaina for breakfast, and the guy who ran it saw us looking at our map, and the guy who owns it, and said, you know, it's really late for you to start on the road to Hannah because the road to Hannah going along the northern part of the coast mm-hmm. gets really busy because everyone's going to Hannah sure. and there's a lot of traffic what is Hannah? Hannah is a beautiful part of the island of Maui that is um, not really developed okay. so whereas the other parts of Maui have resorts on them sure. and it's it's just a really um, what's the word I'm looking for I can't think of the word but it's an uncultivated sort of area okay um and so it's quite beautiful and also very grounded. There's also like really neat waterfalls and the seven pools that you can see on your way to Hannah. It's pretty, a pretty beautiful place. Okay. But there's only really a couple of places to stay there and they're quite expensive. So if you're going to stay overnight, it's quite pricey. Sure. But you can drive through in a day and, and, and come back. Okay. Yeah, if you want. So what we, what he said to us was you should take the back road to Hannah along the southern coast because no one takes it and there's a little stretch of it that is not paved okay but you should be fine Love i it. will say this if you are not a, an adventurous driver or an adventurous passenger it is a bit treacherous okay you are right on the coast and sometimes there's not really much of a guardrail okay uh, and there are stretches of it that are not really paved but it is magnificent. Really? And there aren't a lot of people on it. Okay. And it's a great adventure. So I would say if you're going to Hannah and you have a bit of adventure in you, try taking the back road to Hannah. Right. And then take the, the northern road back okay. to Lahaina if you're sure. going back to Lahaina or wherever you're headed. What a great tip. Yeah. Well, Melissa, I want to thank you for uh, telling us about Hawaii. This is Hawaii Part 2. I don't know if I mentioned you're an actor. I don't off the know. top, Man. actor, yeah. writer, performer, producer, director, and much, much more. Follow her at Melissa Dags. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks, Marco. As always, the Insomnia Project is produced by Drumcast Productions, and this episode was recorded in Toronto, Canada.